And this gives me comfort to know that I can be with God forever, that surely God's goodness and God's mercy will pursue me. They will come after me. They will chase me down. They will follow me all the days of my life. Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First United Methodist Sweetwater's website and social media. Now, here is Pastor Ryan Strebeck. Psalm 23. The Lord of is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads he leads me beside still waters. He restores he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. The cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, good day again. As we uh, continue in sharing some of these elements of worship, I wanted to reflect for a few moments on this great psalm that Reese read for us, Psalm 23. There can't be a more memorized, uh, more widely read uh, passage of Scripture in the whole Bible than Psalm 23. It's been with us, and we lean on it in times of difficulty. We often hear it read at funerals. It's sometimes the first thing that we teach our children to memorize. I remember when my wife taught our uh, oldest child how to, me- how to memorize this psalm, and it was beautiful just to hear them reciting it throughout the house, and it's just one that stays with you. I actually have the added benefit today uh, as I as we record this in the back of our sanctuary on the east side there's a great window in the balcony that is of Jesus cradling a sheep and so it's this image of Jesus the good shepherd uh, which of course some, so much of that imagery is drawn from this psalm which begins the Lord is my Shepherd. There's so many things that we think of God being for us that when we relate to God and when we reference God, uh, we might say God is an, uh, our Almighty God and He's omnipotent and He's uh, all you know He's Almighty and all these things. And so, and those are all true and wonderful attributes of God. But to refer to God with this metaphor of the Shepherd really brings things uh, down to earth and brings things home for us. And so when David begins his prayer, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Or the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. You know, this way that there is to be in the world where we're content. And when we started this Lenten sermon series that we called Enough, and we referenced the sufficiency of Jesus, uh, what, what it would look like for God to be enough for us, And we never dreamed when we began the season of Lent, here we are in the fourth week of Lent, we never dreamed that we would be facing this kind of a worldwide crisis. And so it just comes a little differently, even though we scheduled this was going to be our text for the day uh, months ago, and Christians around the world will be reading this psalm on, on this fourth Sunday in Lent. But we just we never thought we'd be in a place like this. So I think these words are always applicable and always God's word to us and very timely. But in these 
uncertain times where we're facing the kinds of things that we see around us, the kind of disruption that our lives have been begun to face, the economic fallout all around us, the medical concerns, the uh, things that this has done for us, uh, and everyone who's having to make decisions in organizations, having to make decisions for families, having to make decisions anywhere, they're facing these same kinds of challenges. And so uh, our prayer is that these words would, would anew be words of comfort, words of hope, words that remind us, uh, which the psalm does so well, that, that the good shepherd uh, guides us. He brings guidance to us. He brings, most of all, a real presence to us. And then there's a sense of an abundance that you see at the end of the psalm that God brings to us that doesn't have as much to do with the things that we can hold in our hands, the physical possessions of this world, but just having Christ and relating to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and sharing God in a community with one another, this is an abundant way of life. So just a few details as we start from the top and, and moving through this psalm together. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Uh, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. You know, this is the time of year in West Texas where the grass is beginning to get green. It's greening up around us and the livestock don't need supplements as much anymore. The grass is full of nutrition. There's green grass everywhere. And after abundant rains, it's a beautiful time. And so we can understand what it's like to be led uh, by a good path to a place where we can get the nourishment that we need, where everything that our body and that our soul needs, God is providing for us. Uh, with his presence and with his goodness, makes me to lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul or he brings my life back is another way to translate that. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And as we finish verse 3, there's a major turn that happens in the psalm. And this is kind of what I want to focus on today. I was reminded as I was reading back through it this week that uh, this is the part where in verse 4, David says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. And two things are happening here. I think we're reminded that when we're faced with the darkest valley, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this is the point where the false shepherds abandon us. Uh, we know we have a false shepherd on our hands, uh, a leader who's just looking after themselves, uh, a, maybe an image of God who has his own interests in mind only. This, this is the point where that shepherd abandons us because they don't they're not in it for the long haul. And when evil is uh, all around and when we walk through this darkest valley, uh, they're not going to hang around for that part because it's scary. And it takes uh, real courage to lead us through these times. And so David is saying, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and what's great is he stops talking about God in the third person. And now he switches and begins to speak directly to God. And second person, you, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's this image of 
God not only leading us, giving us guidance out ahead of us, but it's as though God is coming and he is standing beside us. He's a companion on the journey. Jesus, the good shepherd, now walks with us. He's got his, uh, the, the rod in one hand, which is the, a weapon of defense, and then the staff in the other hand, You know, kind of like the image of the shepherd's crook where he's still able to guide us and lead us and pull us out of difficult places and, and keep us on the path that we should be going on. But he's able to protect us from all evil. And so the good shepherd remains with us. And, you know, as David, even in the language where he's talking about God, the Lord is my shepherd, saying these true things about God. It's a very important thing, I think, as we learn to pray, and as we continue to learn to pray. And our whole lives are a journey of learning to speak to God and to listen to God and to have conversation with God. That it's very, I think, familiar for us. Most of us could describe a time where this back and forth uh, between making sense and trying to understand what God is up to by saying, God is blank. God is my shepherd. God has been very gracious to me. And we try to describe, we talk to other people about how we relate to God and how it seems that God is relating to us. And we move back and forth between that and speaking directly to God. And I think sometimes it is in the times of trial and difficulty where we most make that transition from, I'm talking about God with other people and I'm sharing the wonderful uh, blessings and benefits and attributes of God. Uh, but now things are getting tough and it just br it brings us to that crux, that heart where we begin to speak directly to God. I fear no evil, God, because you are with me. You stand with me. You walk with me. You're here with me every step of the way. And I know that I'm not alone. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There's a comfort and a peace as we begin to speak directly to God. And there's just a confidence and security that comes with that habit, with that practice. So I wonder what it would look like uh, during this time for us to uh, begin to speak directly to God, even in some of the things maybe that we know about God and we've celebrated about God and the songs that we sing and the stories that we tell, but bringing that back to a point where we, we relate and speak directly to God. I remember a time in my life where I uh, was used to hearing other people talk about God and talk about what a gracious and forgiving God uh, that God was. And I really wanted to believe that. I was at a time where I needed to know if God's forgiveness was real, if, if forgiveness was something that could, could even cover and reconcile me after all that I had done. And I heard people talk about God, but I'd never really put that to the test. I never really put my own heart and my own life out there uh, at the altar and said, God, I'm going to encounter you directly. The way David talks about this access that we have to God, I'm going to take you up on that and I'm going to see how trustworthy you are. I'm going to lean my weight on you and see what happens. And I remember when, when through God's grace and the encouragement of others, I took a chance and went ahead and did that and began to try to fumble my way into prayer and to talking to God, that that's when I began to really experience the, the assurance that in fact God did love me, that there was a place for me at his table, that there was a place for me, uh, as David says later, in, even in the presence of my enemies and all the stuff going on around us, uh, that, uh, that there is a place for me at the table. You know, we, we love to uh, 
sit together as families around our kitchen table and our kids learn from an early age that no matter how old you are or where you've been or what you're involved in or what your report card says, you always have a place at the table. And David is realizing that uh, as he walks through these difficult times that God is preparing a table for him in the presence of his enemies, that he has a place in God's family, and he's sharing that great news with us, and that becomes part of his prayer. Uh, You prepare a table before me. You anoint my head with oil. You pour so much into my life. My cup is overflowing. And so uh, that image of God reaching us in that way, even in difficult times, that's a message that we want to know. And we want to pray, God, would you remind me that that is my inheritance as your child, that I have that kind of ability to relate to you, that you've called me to do that. And, uh, and a time for us to share that good news with others that may not know, that it may have heard, but never have really taken the steps to engage God in that way, the way that God has invited us to. And these, these songs that we can become so familiar to us that children can learn. And that's where psalms like this help us so much. Uh, it's, it's so simple, but it's so hard sometimes for us to offer that place in our hearts just because they become so calloused and it's so difficult to live in the real world. And so opening our lives and our hearts to be led, to be governed by a loving God can be a real challenge. But David reminds us that it's worth it. It's worth it to be in this place. And I think there's a confidence then that comes when we put God to the test in that way, when we put his promises to the test, when we try them on, when we test them out, when we feel them out, when we see how they work and we, and we, we sort of run to the end of the rope, we find God there and we begin to say with David, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in God's house forever. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This hope that uh, God is with me right now in this hardest time, and this gives me comfort to know that I can be with God forever, that surely God's goodness and God's mercy will pursue me. They will come after me. They will chase me down. They will follow me all the days of my life. And I have this promise of of dwelling with God in the company of his people forever. And uh, may that be good news to us today as we navigate these times. May you be blessed and strengthened by David's words as we remember Jesus, the good shepherd, who did not stop at the darkest valley, but he went to the darkest place, even to the point of death, uh, that he might be able to provide for us a place in the family of God. And may that news encourage us and strengthen us today. Amen.